As we all gather here today, every single one of us has sweet memories of this incredible lady. When Debbie asked me to do this service, she had only one request, and that was that Denver say a few words. So without further ado, for those of you who may not know him, this is the man of Debbie's dream, Denver Moore. If you're anything like me, then you have probably asked yourself this question. I wonder what my funeral will be like. I wonder how many people will be there. I wonder what they'll say about me. We all want to be remembered well. We all want our lives to have meant something. No one wants to live and die in vain. Solomon once wrote in Proverbs 22, A good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. The same kind of different as me, the movie we are viewing today, is based on a true story about a lady named Miss Debbie. Miss Debbie was someone who made a difference in the lives of those she interacted with. For example, the man who gave her eulogy, Denver, he was a former homeless sharecropper, convicted felon, and murderer. And the men walking down the aisle with the flowers, those are homeless people she served at a nearby shelter. I think you will come to agree with me as we get to know Miss Debbie that the following would probably be her life verse. It comes from Philippians 2, 3 through 4. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interest, but take an interest in others too. How do you do with that concept? Do you consider others as valuable, as more significant, as better than you? Those are some of the words the Bible uses to describe others. Do you view your spouse as better than you? How about your coworkers? Do you view them as better than you? Do you view the addict as better than you? How about the homeless or those less fortunate? It takes a strong dose of humility to live that way. It requires us to do what the Apostle John said. He, God, must become greater and greater, and I must become less and less. Well, you're probably ready to see Miss Debbie in action. Let's go back in time to the beginning of the movie and see how Miss Debbie reacted to some devastating news she received from her husband one evening. Is that off or crooked? Uh, better. No down? Yeah. I still don't know why it needed restoring, but... Is it different? Oh, it seems like it was better before. Hmm. Maybe I like the way time treated it, like you could see its history or something. Well, everything just needs a little touch-up and polish once in a while. I gotta get out to North Dallas. I'm supposed to sell a Remington to a crazy old lady, all right? Mm -hmm. I'll see you at the gallery tonight. Yeah. Kids are coming, right? Right. Don't let them back out, Debbie. It's important. They know it's important. Well, it is. Debbie. I know. Thank you for coming down. Have a good time tonight. Thank you. 
Well, that's what I said. I was trying to say it like you. Give till it hurts. How are you, dear? Okay. Listen, I want you to tell me about that. All right. Hey, right. <laughs> it can't be that bad being the prettiest girl at the ball. <laughs> What's wrong? Nothing. What is it? Dad, this is your life. It's not mine. Hey, Ron. Can I speak to you for a moment? Hey, Susie, how are you? Hi. Good Martin told me about your friend. What are, what are you talking about? If you don't tell Debbie, I will. Nineteen yes. years! Yes, we've been married nineteen years. And? And it doesn't mean what it should! Well, we don't share the same life. We don't share anything. And you know it. We don't. We, we haven't been intimate in two years. We haven't been intimate in two years. No, we haven't slept together in two years. We haven't been intimate in ten years. We haven't been intimate in ten yeah, years. Yeah, so what was I supposed to do with that? What were you supposed to do with that? What are we supposed to do with this? Ronnie? Mm-hmm. I'm only gonna ask this once, so please don't lie to me, okay? Yeah. Is there anything else that you haven't told me? Paintings are fake. I don't have a store. Had a copy. Sold the original. You gave that to me for our anniversary. The dealer offered me a lot of money for it. So I took it. Not proud of it, but. trying to be honest, so I'm sorry. Is that all? Yeah. Yeah. What's her number?
Hi. This is Debbie. I'm Ron's wife. Please don't hang up. Are you there? I just want you to know that I don't blame you. And I forgive you. And I hope that you will find someone who truly loves you like Ron and I used to love each other. If we can find that again, you won't be hearing from my husband anymore. Okay. Goodbye. You can leave. You can go. Or... You choose. I choose you. Wow. I've been married for 15 years. I can only imagine the hurt, the betrayal, the anger that comes after an affair. I can only imagine the resentment, bitterness, and callousness that takes root in a loveless marriage. Some of you probably know that feeling all too well. Some of you may be in that situation right now. If you find yourself in a relationship that is crumbling, take your cue from Miss Debbie. Even in that situation, strive to do what Paul instructed the early church to do. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. I'm not saying it'll be easy. I'm not even promising that it'll work. I'm simply encouraging you to do everything in your power to be humble and gentle, patient, and forgiving. Not only did Miss Debbie humble herself in her relationship with her husband, She regularly did so with those she served. Let's peek in on a few moments of Miss Debbie's life as she served others at a homeless shelter. Hi, Tiny. Good to see you again. Good to see you, ma'am. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. Hi. I'm Debbie. What's your name? I know y'all think y'all doing us a big favor, thinking y'all is better than us. You just remember, when you miss a couple paychecks and your wife kicked you out the door, and just like that, you'd be homeless too, just like us. Now that you say thank you down here.
You know, I, I wasn't always homeless. I had a husband. He wasn't very nice, but he gone now. I had a son. But they, they took him from me when I couldn't take care of us no more.
worked so hard. I'm so. Why are you being so nice to me, Miss Debbie? We had fun, didn't we? We did. I can't believe it. When Jesus walked the earth, he regularly interacted with people that, from the outside looking in, were not worth his time. The Samaritan woman at the well, a woman caught in adultery, a tax collector he called to be his disciple, a Roman guard, people with leprosy and blindness and physical disabilities. In fact, he made it his mission. Rarely did he associate himself with those of nobility or wealth. How often do we engage with others who are different from us? Jesus said this about who we should be inviting into our lives. He says, but when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. Now, I admit, this is not an easy task, is it? But I think there's something subtle we can learn from Miss Debbie. Did you notice what questions she almost always started with? What is your name? Such a simple way to serve others, asking them their name. We don't have to address every situation in every conversation. Sometimes we just need to be willing to learn someone's name. And listen, I want you to know if you are someone the world has rejected, if you are someone your family has rejected, if you've messed up in life, if you are currently messed up, God sees the real you. He knows your name. You're not just a number to him. He wants to know you well. Now, as humble as Miss Debbie lived, her humility does not hold a candle to the humility of Christ. In the greatest act of humility in all of human history, Jesus laid down his life, for us. Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Think on this for a moment. Jesus thought more highly of you than himself. I mean, that's a radical thought. Jesus humbled himself and died for you and I. That is ultimate humility. The other day in a devotional I was reading, the writer said his least favorite word in the entire English language was the word deserve. His reason? We truly don't deserve anything. If you accumulate all of our actions, all the good and bad, they don't amount to much. I mean, just think about it. Average your best deeds with your worst sins. And you'll find we don't merit too much. We don't deserve anything. And yet God gives abundant grace anyways. We don't deserve the gift of salvation. And yet Jesus gives it anyways. Others in our lives don't deserve our kindness or our condemnation. But like Christ, we should extend grace anyways. Friends, I hope you have accepted God's grace in your life. Jesus died that you might live. I encourage you to accept that grace if you've never done so. I hope you know what it feels like to be loved 
by God. Don't hesitate to talk to someone today about what it looks like to receive the grace of God in your life. Well, let's go back to where we started at Miss Debbie's funeral. Let's hear how Denver summarized the life of Miss Debbie. I never met Miss Debbie. Miss Debbie met me. I didn't want to know Miss Debbie or any other wild woman for that matter. But ever since I know her, Miss Debbie want to be my friend. I'm sure she was friend to every soul in here. I still ain't figure out why she want to know a fellow like me. I sure ain't been nothing to be proud of. I was captive and dad was prison most of my life. Many folks seen me there lock up and pass me by. I don't blame them. I was not nice, dangerous, and probably just as happy to stay in prison. She was different. She seen me behind in bars and reached way down in her pocket and pulled out the key God gave her to set me free. She's the only person to love me enough not to give up. Now I stand here. It changed me. It freed me. I just spent a lot of time worrying. I was different from other people, even all the homeless folk. And then after I met Miss Debbie and Mr. Ron, I worried I was so different from them that we were never gonna have no kind of future. But what I found out was everybody's different. Same kind different as me. We all regular folks walking down the street God don't set in front of us. Miss Debbie, she's a whole nother kind different. Miss Debbie, she dreamed of a better place for the homeless. And I ain't talking about heaven now. I'm talking about right here in your town. Now I'm going to pick up Miss Debbie's torch and I'm going to carry it around. It will make Miss Debbie real happy if you will make her dream come true. And pick up her torch and carry it around too. I'm fixing to do something the devil ain't never done for you. I'm gonna cut you loose. But before I do, you can take this with you. Whether we is rich, or whether we is poor, or some in between, we is all homeless. Every last one of us. Just working our way back home. 
Welcome home, Miss Debbie. Welcome home. Did you catch what Denver said Miss Debbie did for him? Denver said she reached way down in her pocket, took out the key God gave her, and set him free. It set him free from a life of anger and violence and inner turmoil. And what was this key? The key was Christ's love displayed through the humility of one person toward another. And guess what? We have access to that same key. The humility of Miss Debbie transformed Denver's life. It transformed her husband's life. Humility was her weapon of choice. Maybe it should be ours as well. I love how the message translation of the Bible paraphrases how Paul describes the way Christians should fight. The world is unprincipled. It's dog eat dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way. Never have and never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Our tools are ready at the hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. Humility is a powerful weapon. Humility can soften a heart, tear down walls, or break open prison cells. So friends, what will be said of you at the end of your life? What can be said of you today? Are you using the key God gave you to help set people free? Or are you watching people suffer because you're too scared to use the key? No one wants to attend a proud man's funeral. Like most of you, I long to hear these words from Jesus at the end of my life. Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. I pray we all get to hear our father say those words. One day. And listen, while country music is no gospel, I want to leave you today with some words of wisdom from a famous country song. Don't take for granted the love this life gives you. When you get where you're going, don't forget to turn back around. Help the next one in line and always stay humble 